Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This series, we're focusing on female financial independence, looking towards a stronger financial future. Be sure to let us know your thoughts on the show, and please do connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram, or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk. Welcome back, Jen. Thanks for joining me again. Oh, thanks for having me again. Um, I obviously didn't scare you off too much last time. Otherwise, <laughs> not at all. You would have, uh, wouldn't have come back again. Oh my God, I want to see that scary lady. So today we're going to be talking about another book of yours, which is the Sustainable-ish, which I love that bit. I, love, I just think that's so brilliant. Guide to Green Parenting, Guilt-Free Eco Ideas for Raising Your Children and the Most Family-Friendly Way to Start Doing Your Bit, which I was, uh, I, I really, I really like. So I'm the type of person that has the best intentions um I certainly don't you know judge from a judgy perspective you know if you don't see somebody doing things a certain way because I'm rubbish I I really want to try and Mm. I really want to do more but I know that you know and I sometimes think you know can I can just doing my little bit make any much of a difference Mm. um but I really want to be a better role model I think for my children so where should we start help me (laughs) (laughs) it is I mean it's I feel like um you know making sustainable changes can can feel hard if it's just us and then you know trying to do it and bring the rest of the family along on board you know can can sort of be an extra layer of of difficulty and you know when you're parenting my boys are now 13 and 10 so you know it's a different set of challenges but you know hands down it is easier in terms of time available and sleep and headspace and all that kind of thing than in the early days but you know it, it's um it's hard there's a lot of pressure on us as parents there's a lot of there's not much time there's not much energy there's not, and you know and then for someone to come along and say right now you've got to kind of save the world as well I can understand why people <laughs> are like oh really do I have to um, I know right and I've got a teenage daughter and anyone that's got a teenage daughter I mean teenagers are hard um I think boys you get like I don't, you can tell me if I'm wrong and I've got a five-year-old boy so I'll soon find out in the five or so yeah. years time but you we, my friends tell me they get a grunt and it's like <laughs> that kind of impression whereas the, the sort of my daughter and some of my friends daughters that aren't the grunting kind or the shy retiring types um are feisty as hell you know, yeah they're, they're brought up very differently to what I was told to get back in my box Becky you know um whereas these girls are like warriors on fire that the would uh you know they're so quick-witted and you know that you know before you said well you haven't done this they're quickly turn it back onto you within a second and they've got mm. you in the corner and you're like <laughs> yeah I can't get out of this one I did say that oh my god what am I going to do now and so there's so many elements like you say mm. struggles with being a parent I'd say probably it's one of parenting a teenager I'd probably say is one of my daily biggest struggles mm. Mm. Is, yeah 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 I love her to bits um she's amazing um but yeah it's hard it's hard work so then adding on that sort of additional pressure of right let's get you all on board mm. Mm. um feels like an, another mounting I think sometimes yeah so I think some, that that bit that you said about you know being a role model so you know, there there will be some things that you can just do that don't need the whole family, you know, buy-in, that don't need your other half to sort of, you know, um, women, like, so um, household consumption accounts for around 60% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Wow. So that's 
you know, and all this frustration that we've had around, um, you know, if any of your listeners have been following the things that happened at COP26 and, mm-hmm. and the, the sort of feeling of frustration that, you know, yes, it's it's progress, but it's not enough and it's not quick enough. But actually, that 60 percent, you know, we don't need to wait for governments to legislate on that. We don't need businesses to change on that. We can actually start to, to make a change straight away with that. Wow. And also, yeah. um, you know, women as as sexist and as again frustrating as this might be that we're still in this position we do tend to be the primary caregivers in um in a family and we do tend to be the ones who do the weekly shop who cook the dinners who do those things so all of those things are in your control Mm -hmm. so really thinking about you know is anyone really going to notice if i buy a different brand of luke cleaner no do you know is anybody going to notice if um you know if we can afford to switch to something like an organic veg box you know, getting that then, um, you know, so it's thinking about the things that that are in your control. But I think also as well, thinking about what's going to give you a really good kind of return on investment almost. So lots mm. of us. Well, um, I like that language. Yes, please tell me. Yes. More. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, lots of us, uh, I always say, you know, things like plastic and recycling, they're almost just sort of like your gateway drugs. So they're very, um, you know, we've been told since the 90s, as long as we're doing our recycling, we're like, you know, we're, good. we're doing our bit. Um, and actually, that's kind of not, you know, it, it's not. I, I, yeah, I had somebody called Zoe come in and talk about this. And she, she was, um, I, I, I don't know very much about it, but I was just shocked to learn that my pizza box is not recyclable mm. because it's already got probably lots of oils and mm-hmm. cheese and things stuck yeah, to yeah, it, yeah. that they can't recycle it. Mm. that would so even though you put that in the recycling pile and it would yeah. go to the recycling plant it's actually very unlikely to be recycled although but I thought maybe and even worse it might be contaminating that that whole batch. batch of cardboard and they have to like then throw it all away so yeah and um, you know recycling is great and absolutely you know don't um do check what your local authority will take and all those kinds of things but um you know in terms of people we talking about things like carbon footprints and really reducing our impact recycling isn't you know it's it isn't isn't sort not of gonna do it not gonna do it so you know a lot of the things that we're all we all know we ought to, you know we've all heard them loads of times before um reducing your you know you you were when we started recording you're sat there with your coat on and I'm sat here with like four layers on um reducing your thermostat by one degree I think it will save something like what was I looking at something last night you know it will save you money but it also saves about a third of a ton of carbon dioxide which means nothing to anybody I get that but the average carbon footprint depending on how you measure it is about 10 tons in the like just for ease of numbers about 10 tons per person in the UK so you can save so expensive at the moment as well yeah exactly and saving you know saving a huge amount of money um so I think um the recommendation is to keep it between 18 and 21 degrees um and a lot of households will have it at like 24 so wow. you know you don't have to go from 24 down to 18 try go 24 to 23 get everyone used to that and then go I'm not allowed to touch the thermostat I'm I like I just described when I first come on the call I've taken my coat off now but I had my coat on simply because I didn't have the I've got an electric heater in my office mm. and um, my husband hadn't turned it on and I do know I've now got a smart meter and I mm. um, we've got like the little thing in our kitchen yeah I mean my husband's in his office and he's at home for the day and not in the London office mm. Um, our daily consumption of electric is like three times more. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. Office. Whereas well, I've got a small, slightly smaller office and it doesn't seem to need so much, but I really feel the cold. Mm, so when yeah, we go by January, so. I'd have my, 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 but I control the thermostat in my office. Yes, but yeah. In the house, I'm not allowed to touch it. Here often come in and, and sweating, walking up the, the, from the train station going, 
who's put the thermostat to 23? <laughs> and, and we all look at each other going, I'm not going to admit it. And, and, but we're lovely and toasty and he's sweating. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Up the hill. Um, and, and, and yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think we get to a point where it's, it's a, those comforts in life mm. of why not kind of thing. And we've also got a log burn fire. So he's sort of very keen to have that on in the winter, which obviously helps in terms of reducing costs. Um, but not everyone has a log burn fire. You can't always. And also there's a big push at them, push back against them at the moment. Yeah, and like we've got yeah. one and I love it, but they're really in terms of um, what they talk about particulate matter. Um, so they're, they're kind of as polluting as like, um, I can't even remember the numbers, but like something like 80, um, you know, big lorries coming past your house type thing. They're really, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think um, you're doing something good? I know. And that's the thing. It's so not. confusing, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. um, so like something like that is really great. The thermostat looking at, you know, in terms of what, what you do as well, looking at your investments, looking at your pensions, um, uh, looking at your high street bank, a lot of them are investing in fossil fuels. You know, there was a lot of talk about uh, climate investment and that kind of thing at, at COP. And um, mm. so there's a great website called uh, switchit.money and you can go on there and you can, and there's a drop down of all the different banks in the UK and you can look and see how well or otherwise yours is performing. And the high street banks really aren't doing very well. So they will no. be investing in fossil fuels and, you know, things that are directly fueling the climate. Oh, 100%. Uh, um, unfortunately, although ethical investing has become, in, in my world, and where my side, that's, uh, that's all the providers are talking about. Because, mm -hmm. you know, let's face it, they don't really have much difference to talk about for how yeah. many, like 50, 60, 70 years. We all have... Oh, what's this latest fund that's been issued on a 0.607 fee, which is exactly the same as all the others? Yes, yeah, that's yeah, our yeah. news for the day. I'm being a little bit sarcastic, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's something really more for us to talk about. And it is a massive regulatory change in mm. terms of the investment firms. So it is becoming more talked about, but in normal mainstream, it's not. Um, and however, when it comes to the banks, etc., you know, you're talking hundreds of years of institutional investments mm -hmm. have been invested a certain way that's not going to change overnight and honestly I don't think as a, a economy we can afford for it to change overnight mm. it does need to be as much as I'm sure from you know yourself from a, an, a, an environmental perspective we'd love that change overnight we need to make big change right mm. now but we're talking that would change masses of industries um, and it, it does need to be consistent change in the right direction mm. but sustainably we equally we as an economy as a world we couldn't have that happen literally overnight we mm. don't have the resources or um if they literally de-invested all money from fossil fuels it, it would have a massive detrimental impact to other businesses and that knock-on effect so mm. it is about making incremental changes where possible um but yes your pension and your, who you bank with mm. they will they will be a start if you want to personally make some of those changes. Yeah. There's a great campaign called Make My Money Matter um, that uh, Richard Curtis from Love Actually and stuff is fronting. And, um, you know, they've, they've come up with some stats that say, you know, moving your pension to a sustainable fund is, I think they say 21 more times more powerful than going vegetarian, giving up flying and um, changing to a green energy supplier. So it's a hugely you know, powerful thing to do. So, you know, those are things that we might not think about. And the other, you know, changing to a green energy supplier is a little bit problematic at the moment with sure. lots of, um, you know, with the the price, um, the gas price hike and all that kind of thing. So, you know, I think the advice 
certainly from a financial perspective at the moment is to sit tight and yeah. to wait until the spring um but prices are going up again in the spring uh, but at that point some of the um companies might have better deals for you but you know um companies like ecotricity and good energy are you know genuinely renewable investing lots in infrastructure and are really you know well established companies that are are you know touch would hopefully able to kind of ride out the, the issues that are happening at the moment yeah but i think the biggest thing we can do actually talking you know that 60 percent of household consumption and this is really uh, unaspirational, uh, countercultural, not something that people want to hear, but is to consume less, hmm. like just across the board, you know, yeah. and to waste less. I think David Attenborough was he was asked once, wasn't he, um, a couple of years ago by a by a little kid, like, what's what's the one thing we can do? And he said, waste less. So you hmm. know, that's food, that's energy, that's um, clothes, that's literally everything. So hmm. for me, it all comes down to being more mindful about what, what we're, we're buying. buying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, and trying to model that and talk about that with our kids, because, you know, I we I, I think we're all to a certain extent still like little toddlers, aren't we? We see something mm. shiny and new and we want it. And and because now, you know, I remember a time where we used to save up for the things that we wanted and that doesn't happen anymore. No. Um, and so just. Um, I don't know, trying to have these conversations with our kids in a really gentle way and um but just trying to slow it all down you know it's got so instant and so easy and so convenient to to not only consume but to over consume I think we're um you know consumption has absolutely rocketed since the beginning of this century and I don't remember feeling really deprived at the beginning of this century I don't even remember feeling like my life was really you know poor and deprived in the 80s do you know like mm. um and you know certainly in terms of clothes and food and everything it's just gone mental so we just need to is that part of evolution do you feel like do you feel or do you just think that it's the online um comparison in terms of having this uh living your best life kind of setup um or do you just think it's people have the opportunity so they're why not kind of thing why I think it's a bit of both it? isn't it I think because now so much of our lives are lived online um we can see other people's excesses more easily mm. I don't know I mean even something as as you know seemingly insignificant as like a balloon arch like we used to have you know three five ten balloons at a party <laughs> and now everyone's got to have a freaking balloon arch and and you if know, you haven't gotten a balloon arch, you, it's not a real party. And, you know, and it's and people say, oh, well, you know, they're biodegradable and they're, and they're kind of not if they go into landfill. But that's another issue. But it's it's the fact that it's a single use item and the fact that by you sort of, you know, and if you've got one, of course, you're going to take a picture of it and you're going to put it on your social media. So everyone's like, oh, that's oh, wow. Everyone's having balloon arches. I want a balloon arch as well. And suddenly yes. these things are, are yeah. everywhere. And it's not just your one balloon arch. It's the millions of balloon arches that are probably that are contributing to a rise in a massive rise in demand for balloons probably and you know all these balloons that just end up in landfill and that's you know that's a really seemingly insignificant thing but it's it's that mentality I guess and you know you Mm. talked about this um living your best life thing and that's what we're taught by society to aspire to stuff that that stuff is more yeah stuff means that you have more and I posted in a group recently because I've really struggled with this Mm. personally because I'm trying to get my head around 
bearing mind that the some of the circles that I acquaint is about abundance mm, and yeah. about wealth and about um, living your best life, not mm. necessarily in like driving a Ferrari kind of thing, but even so, you know, having that beach house and mm, yeah. having, the, you know, having a nice car and living this best version of your life and living a wealthy life. I talk about, you know, this, this podcast is called The Wealth Accelerator, mm. but society sort of tells us what wealthy looks yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was interesting is the responses I got back from this, you know, how do we, so one, what the particular lady that runs this group talks about upgrading, incremental upgrades. So if you don't like your toothbrush because it's got holes in it, go and buy another toothbrush kind of thing. Or if you're, um, you know, you're having your hair blow dried, makes you feel amazing, then go and go get, have your anyway, simple stuff up to, you know, even mm, bigger mm. things. And I said, look, from a consumer perspective, trying to be more, um, economical in my purchasing mm. and, and being more conscious of my buying decisions um, ha, ha, and, and then that whole abundant life mm, how, they, mm. they sort of clash a little mm, yeah yeah um, and it was really interesting the responses I got back weren't from people that I see posting about all the shiny shiny mm. stuff it was people that came back and said yes but this comes back to values and what's important to mm, you mm. so I might go and buy a latest car but it might be okay you could argue if an electric car is actually yes it's better in terms of fossil mm. fuels but where the battery is made kind of thing um is well, that no I mean yeah if you can afford to go out and buy you know a new Land Rover a new Range Rover like and you've got off-road parking you need to seriously look at yourself if you're not buying and you know the people who can't afford to buy an electric car I absolutely agree they're out of a lot of people's price range if you can afford it and you're buying a new car you need to be buying electric the back yes the batteries have their issues but you know there's a lot of work going on into recycling the batteries they're lasting yes. for so much longer than people thought and then even then they go on and have a second life as home storage and you know like we we need to be moving there there is no other option we need to be moving away from oh 100 percent. and, and it, it, you know financially it makes no sense to buy a new car that's not electrical these mm. days because the amount of tax and the implications You're of falling. all yeah 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 they're, they're not gonna they're not they're not gonna exist yeah. basically um but the, the, the point being is that these people said, look, I might go and upgrade my car and it might be an electric brand new car. Mm. Um, but at the same time, um, it's looking at the other things. So for me, it's about my standard of living. It's about how abundant I feel in myself and the mm. fact that I can give to others or that I'm a actually able to buy more sustainably because mm. I'm financially in a position yeah, yeah, yeah. to buy more sustainably because that's the other issue, right? people are might cut back on their electric and their gas because they they can't afford their mm. electric and yeah their yeah, gas. yeah yeah they can't afford to go and get an, a, a a veggie box yeah 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 deemed cheaper to buy the the supermarket with covered in plastic kind mm. of stuff um and there but there is you know it's a bit of a false economy because you know it well is it, it, it is and it isn't you know if you're um if you're in a position where you're having to you know think about can i put food on the table or do i pay the heating bills mm. Making these changes is not on you. These mm. the the people who, the, you know, the bigger the footprint, the the more your, the bigger your responsibility. So it's the people who have these very abundant lifestyles who are able to afford these changes and not doing it. It is mm. very much on them. Do you know? Like, mm. um, there's a statistic uh, from Oxfam. I think did a study that um, the world's wealthiest ten percent are responsible for fifty fifty two percent. I think of global greenhouse gas emissions. 
and you think, mm. oh, bloody Jeff. Bezos. We're talking multi-billionaires. Here, no, no, no. Really? World's richest ten percent own earn. You're in the world's richest ten percent if you earn over twenty-seven grand a year. Okay. So and the yeah, world's richest one percent are responsible for something like double the emissions of the world's poorest fifty percent. It's like I can't can't quite remember the stat. And the world you're in the world's richest one percent if you earn over about hundred grand. So wow. you might not feel massively yeah. wealthy, but your footprint is disproportionately, yes. you know. And and I just think yes, it's all very well thinking about it's how it's my lifestyle and how I feel abundant. There are people being affected by that, like, and I'm really sorry to, you know. Get no, please go there. I love this. Go for it. There are people who, you know, are literally digging around in the dirt to find food because yeah. their where they live has been impacted now by climate change, by the by the resources that we are using in the global north and in the developed world, um, yeah. you know, and and the fact that we think, well, I deserve a balloon arch, or I deserve, you know. Like, come on, guys, most of us, when we talk, you know, you talked about values, most of us would value fairness, most of us would value, um, you know, uh, would, would, would be horrified to think that we we see it at Christmas time, more of adverts, don't we? We see it around that time of year, but it's happening all year round. Yeah, I spoke to a lady, it must have been last year now. And she actually went out to far reaching communities to enable women to basically make their own products, Mm. teach them business so that they can earn money. So they could wear a bra and they look wealthy because they wear a bra. Well, that's there's a there's a whole there was a whole project around um, making dresses for um, children out in um, like Africa and places. And the reason it was so important was because a child was less likely to be trafficked if they yeah. were wearing a dress and look looked after. I mean, how yeah. horrific is that? Exactly. And and so when we're looking at a whole world piece, we're not just mm. looking at the UK. It's a very different lens on mm. the circumstances. And I, and I I think last year it was I I learned about how there's actually children um, who make patties out of mud and they mm. eat them. That's yeah. their that's their that's their basically their yeah, yeah, the yeah. nutrients in the mud is how they survive. Yeah. Um so yes, that balloon arch and you know fancy cake or it does seem slightly elaborate. Is there and, a way but I think you know the other thing to pick up on there is like fast about talking about children and, and the, the sort of impacts on them, thinking about far you know, fashion and fast fashion. Yeah. So, you know, there is no way that any of the major retailers can hand on heart say there is no child labour in our supply chain because the supply chains are so complex and things that they just don't know. So, Mm. you know, when we have this discussion every year about the price of school uniform, and I agree it is, you know, it is expensive for a lot of families, um, but there are lots of great secondhand options and things like that. But the thought personally for me that somebody else's child might be sat there making my child's school uniform Oh I, gosh, no! You know, and and um, like clothes with sequins on, they're probably hand sewn on by children because they've got nimbler fingers. More fitly, yeah. And we just think, gosh. oh, I want a nice outfit for the for a party. Of my Christmas day you know? or something. And yeah. all those sequin things that the kids have that that move up and down. You know, that we're in. in ah, yeah, yeah. My hundred, you know, yeah. My little boy's got a dance. child might have have sewn that on there, and I just, and it's and it's really hard to take this stuff on board, and it's really hard to live with this stuff, and yeah. to kind of then feel that additional you know there's a lot of times I think I wish I didn't know this stuff I wish I didn't know this stuff and I could just carry on consuming and living and um but I think once we do know it we are then almost morally obliged to do something about it and that's not saying you've got to make the right ethical decision every single time and this is where the ish comes into it this is about being just being I say just this is about being more aware 
Mm. the impact of our choices and like my our sort of journey started when we spent a year buying nothing new um and for me that really joined the dots between you know Mm. we just thought when we were buying stuff where can we get it cheapest where might there be a sale on and now and then suddenly it was like this realization that somebody's sat there and had to make that and actually when I'm done with it what am I going to do with it and sure and so it's it's just you know using that awareness to try and make better decisions more of the time and nobody's expecting perfection at all um but you know and especially if you are in the financial position to be able to make some of these decisions that my personal feeling is you have that sort of greater responsibility on you to to do that I no I totally hear you and I love your passion and I do think yes we don't be honest we don't want to hear it no we don't we don't want to hear it and anybody you know I'm sitting there going oh my god my little boy's got a dinosaur sequin jumper that he played with the other day because it was um so ironic now I say this out loud it was um children in need yes yeah yeah yeah, did yeah. a the school did a um posh and sparkle kind of oh, okay thing. yeah I yeah, remember yeah. What it is. so um he wore his sequin jumper mm. to a children's need yeah like, now I'm thinking was that made by a child yeah um, but you you like we can't beat ourselves up for the stuff that we didn't know do you know there's mm. that whole I think it's Maya Angelou, isn't it? Once you know better, you do better. Like, so, you know, they can absolutely have the sequined jumper, but just try and find one second hand because then you're not yeah. contributing to that demand. You know that what demand, I mean? That demand, yeah. Um, I, I, to be fair, I think I actually got that jumper from, I, I, I don't mind admitting this. And I, I, you know, I'm part of that, that sort of higher percentage of household income mm. that you mentioned. So I can afford to go mm. and buy new jumpers and clothes. But I always say to all my friends, got any got any clothes coming up? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, and I've got a lovely range of clothes for my little boy. Yeah. And there hardly any of them are brand new. And I don't mind admitting that. Whereas I think because again, as a society, it's almost like, well, that's a bit that's a bit pikey. That's a little and we need to kind of that's a really derogatory term. I shouldn't use that term, by the way. That's a really derogatory term. I apologize. Um, but it's that language we have in our head that you're cheaper than everybody else. Or and again, it's all that about that perception, right? It's about how we're perceived and what others think of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to be more deemed more important than actually how we feel about what we're doing inside. And I I guess that's where you can have a fight between your ego and what's important to you, what Mm. your values are and aligning to those values. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, um, you know, and the more that we can talk about this kind of stuff, you know, that's another really um, thing that we don't think about, but there's a brilliant um, TED talk by a, um, wonderful climate scientist called Catherine Hayhoe and it's and it says the most important thing we can do to help tackle climate change is, is talk about it so you you know have being brave enough to go into that Facebook group where there's an awful lot of people who place an awful lot of um, emphasis on. on wealth and you know to, to stick your head above the parapet and go oh hold on guys this is actually starting to make me feel a bit uncomfortable that's yeah. really brave and we need more Thank of you. that and you know and being able to kind of say to your friends um, oh, I got this second hand or, do you know, and, and to feel OK with that. Like, and yeah. so the more we can normalise these changes, um, you know, um, it's it's so important. And that's where it's kind of part of talking to it with our I mean, I have a, a almost daily argument with my youngest about walking to school. And, you know, he's, I don't want to walk to school. I want to. Can't we just go in the car? Well, and he's, oh, we've got an electric car. Well, yeah, but we're still in the traffic jam that, mm. you know, all these other cars are there. And mm. um, I recorded, I've, I've got a podcast and I recorded one last week with um, a couple of GPs who are doing stuff within the NHS to green it. And they were saying that 
I can't remember the statistic, but it was something like for every mile you drive in your local, you know, in your community, whether you're doing a school run or going to the shops, that takes 10 minutes off the life of that local community. Wow. I mean, that's mad, isn't it? Wow. So, you know, and so then I was kind of trying to say to my kids, no, we are going to walk today. We are going to walk. You know, we don't, we probably walk, you know, we're we're getting so much better at it. And I'm sure, you know, when the weather's better and that kind of thing, but there's 38%, I think, of of journeys and car journeys in the UK are under, under two miles. Well, oh, yeah, I can totally see that. I'm really close to my school. There isn't, a, there's not even a traffic jam. Yeah. Um, and, but to get them out the door in the morning. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's just always such a struggle. And we're yeah. always late. I'd have, like, I'd have to be so much more organised. Yeah. To get yeah, them, yeah, yeah. And so that's, you know, you kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what but came actually, up, so maybe you could say, actually, every, well, not, not Monday, because that's probably always the worst day of the week, but every Wednesday, we're really, you know, and we're going to walk Tuesday evening. We're walking tomorrow. Remember, so I'm going to wake you up half an hour earlier. And we're yeah. going to, you know, and so that that doesn't sound like much, but actually, you know, little a, by little. Yeah, exactly. And then maybe you do it on. And it's exactly the same with um, like veggie meals and things like that. Mm. Do meat free Monday. And, it, you know, if you sometimes you don't even need to. The thing I found with my kids, if I say, oh, this is a veggie meal or this is it, they're like, mm. Mm-hmm. but if I just put it in front of them, they probably eat it. You know, yeah. if I don't say, you know, like macaroni and cheese, veggie meal beans on toast veggie meal jacket potato and you know um but also doing things like um so it's about reducing so um mm. you know if you're making a spaghetti bolognese use half the amount of mince you would normally and just um I tend to kind of like grate in some carrot and courgette and stuff because it kind of just smooshes into the sauce and they don't notice it but you've used half as much meat and that's really really impactful and yeah. um, so it doesn't have to be about being vegan walking everywhere doing this it's trying to find some of these little things little that can tweaks, work for you actually are the bigger impact things so rather than you know oh stressing out about recycling more well actually can I try and can we have meat free Monday because that's actually going to be much more impactful in terms of emissions yeah and definitely and I, I, and I loved Jim on the last time you come on a podcast it was about gifting for children mm. so we were often talking about Christmas we were talking yeah, about yeah, gifts yeah. and birthdays and I, lo- and I loved your idea that you make things yeah. um, for, for birthday parties and things, because it, again, that's a load of plastic. It's a load of cardboard, mm. cardboard covered in plastic. Um, and I have actually started looking at secondhand presents. Um, Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas presents for my little boy. Oh. I can't find what I want. So I'm a bit like, oh, what do I do? Because he's asked for something particular and I can't oh. get it without I mean, having to, obviously having to eBay is good. 100 miles to get it. And I'm a yes. bit like, I might as well buy it brand new. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, have you have you been on Vinted? That's quite a good one as well. V I N T. Oh, actually, yeah. Good. No, I've just been on um, Facebook um, marketplace. Yeah. And on um, eBay, yeah. you can you can obviously you can change the radius, can't you? If it's a collection yeah. or anything, and but you can also change the filter so it says condition, and it will say, you know, um, used. used used with tags or whatever, um, and you know, so you can kind of pick it like that as well. So it can yeah, be quite... definitely. But it does. Well, it takes it all takes more time and headspace, doesn't it? When you could have just yeah. And you know, it's hard. But I've, I think it's about being organised as well. Mm. Um, and I'm a very busy person. And I've been speaking to. She's going to be coming in on in January. I'm hope to talk to us about tips on um, how to be more organised in our personal mm. life. So I have a PA at work, um, and that's all very organised. But I then still have to do the whole household thing. Yeah, it's that as whole a mental load thing. Isn't it's it? a yeah. mental load. So I've been talking to a specialist PA who works with um, usually quite senior women. Literally, she's like signing their 
their their husband's birthday cards yeah, kind yeah. Of oh my god yeah um, and writing love notes to put on the on the client's behalf and <laughs> you know which I find fascinating but equally I'm quite I'm quite interested in that um outsource every part of your life you possibly can to make it as streamlined and mm. as easy as possible because as a a person that wants to grow my business um streamlining processing outsourcing is a, is a skill to learn mm. and that I don't have to do everything I don't have to be super women I don't have to do everything myself and I think also um you were talking before we hit record about this this sort of um disease is too strong a word but this this like this busyness disease <laughs> and you know it's it's um to be busy is, is almost like this badge of honor that we wear yeah. oh, I'm, too busy. I'm too busy to sign my husband's birthday card like well, actually, if that's the case, do we not need to take a little bit of a look at our lives and think, you know, what are the things that are important? And, and, yeah. and I think, you know, this this kind of started to come out in the pandemic, this idea of actually it's people and it's time and it's, you know, going out for walks together. And, yeah. and I was really hopeful at one point that this would be a turning point and we'd really kind of. It hasn't learned it? because I thought the same. Just dived straight back into into it. I think so. September um, particularly. So we're recording this in November, and I, I, the feeling I got from a lot of people was September was very much like right, this back, back to, to normal. normal. Yeah, get the kids But then back I found and... that October and a bit of November, a lot of people have been a little bit more overwhelmed because mm. they just can't keep up with the pace. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I've started using Evernote um, for, and I've listed out everything, things I need to buy, mm. um, things I need, Christmas presents, um, money actions, mm. and then my fourth one is things to do. Yeah. And so rather than having like this really long to-do list. Oh, like an ever-ending actually, one. Yeah. yeah, it's actually broken down into each thing. And then it, one, I pick one thing a day. Mm, yeah, one yeah. thing I prioritise and go, what one thing is the most urgent? I pick that one thing. And then on Evernote, I can create like a notification to remind me to follow up or do something mm. later. Um, so as I've done each one thing each day, it then allows me to. So now I'm thinking, OK, from our conversation today, I'm going to I need to ring my local. I've got a ve- vegetable. Um, oh, amazing. So I'm going to I'm going to ask them if they can do a veg delivery maybe once uh, yeah, a week. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's something that I can do straight away quite easily, quite simply. I'll add it to my Evernote. Yeah. And that, OK, I might not do it if I don't get it to done today, but I, it's on my list. Yeah, it's, it's on your start. list. So hopefully you'll get to it. Sometime. Rather that perpetual list that we have in our heads. In our heads. Yeah. It never goes anywhere. Yeah. Um, at least it's down somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the questions I had for you, and I'd love to talk a little bit about I think this is a real subject around triggers around money mm. and our mindset around money. And it does depend on when, how you were brought up. Mm. And we talked, we talked about this a little bit, but I just want to come back to it for a moment. And then I've got another one more question before we finish today. Um, I was brought up by um, not a frugal family, but actually a family that didn't have very much. Mm. Mm. So um, when my dad moved in with my grandparents, um, he, they, it was a council house. My dad eventually bought the council house off the council mm. um, sort of from my nan and granddad with my nan and granddad. I'm not quite sure which. Um, but when he moved in, my nan and granddad still had a television that you had to put coins in. Oh, wow. Um, so that was like in the 80s, late yeah, like yeah, yeah. 80s, but they still had a coin television. My granddad used to work in the coal mines. Mm. My nan worked in factories as a seamstress and she, she was able to make her own dresses and stuff. So I don't come from like a, a, a wealthy background mm, mm. I was a tomboy I had an older brother so all my clothes were hand-me-downs yeah 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 and I wanted a new pair of I talked about this in my book actually I wanted a new pair of trainers 
Um, I was maybe 10 or 11, I can't remember. Mm. And it was before Nike Air, the Max Air, yeah. just before those air bubble type of trainers. Oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah, I was a yeah. tomboy, I went into dresses and sequins. Yeah, I was into yeah, yeah. like tracksuit bottoms and trainers. I was a sporty spice. If we was a group of girls, I was sporty <laughs> spice. Um, and I even I don't think I was even cool enough to be in the Spice Girls. Me <laughs> <laughs> neither. I just thought I, I just thought I was. Yeah. Before uh, um, Nike Air Max bubbles, mm. there were um, Reebok did a hexagon bubble. Wasn't oh, quite yeah. as popular as the Nike ones, but they were amazing. They were pink and green and white, and they looked incredible. Mm. Um, now at that time, I think they're about seventy or eighty pounds, which we're talking obviously long. Mm. Like we're mm. talking about over yeah, thirty yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, so for that, for my dad, was a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an awful lot of money for my dad. And then he was an engineer, so he had a good salary. You know, it wasn't that, but he was looking after a large family. Mm-hmm. He was the main breadwinner. My mum wasn't in our household when I was bringing up. I saw her, but she wasn't in our household growing up. So he was the main earner. And he wouldn't buy me these trainers. He just wouldn't do it. Mm. Um, you know, and, and for me to get a Naf Naf jumper from the local market was just like, do you remember Naf Naf? Um, was just like, I got this Naf Naf jumper and I wore it almost every day. Yeah, so I was yeah, just yeah. so happy that it wasn't yeah. a hand-me-down from my brother. It was mine. Mm. And I, so there's, there's, for me, as I've, for, for, so what I'm trying to say is for someone like myself mm. to then be, I've got, ha- I've got secondhand clothes yes, for my yeah, yeah, child yeah. and I feel confident in doing that and mm. it doesn't trigger me. Yes. Yeah, I've yeah, had yeah. to work a lot on my yes. internal money mindset to be okay with mm, that. Mm. And so the reason I wanted to come back to this, because there might be some people listening or re- listening to the blog or reading back on the blog and the message is, is that if you're feeling really triggered and you think what we're talking about is a load of rubbish, because <laughs> you could think like that, mm, I would yeah, just yeah. ask you to consider, is that because you haven't worked on your, some of your, your money mindset? Is there something that's got triggering mm-hmm. you particularly to make you feel that it's pushing your enoughness button yeah, yeah, yeah. to a point where you feel that actually you can't, you shouldn't or couldn't be doing that? Mm. Um, so I just wanted to highlight that point. Yeah, and I think it's okay to love stuff, but it's that kind of, we don't love it, do we? We, we love buying it and acquiring it. And then, you know, and it, it, we're almost like the kids opening the Christmas presents on Christmas morning, right? What's next? What's next? And, you know, I, I spoke, spoke to people during the pandemic who were like, you know, I ordered stuff on Amazon and I'd forgotten I'd ordered it by the time it arrived. It's that, um, so for you to, you know, if your dad had bought you those trainers or had been able to buy you those trainers, you would have loved those trainers. You would have adored those trainers. You would have worn them. You would have, you know, um, and it's that. I literally kind of wore them into the ground and, and I yeah. did actually have them in the end, but my mum bought them oh, because she yeah, had yeah, more yeah. money. She was married to a richer gentleman yeah. and she, she had, she didn't have the household to consider. So it's that kind of buy less, buy better mentality almost, if you can, that kind of actually, yeah. you know, I really love this thing do I love it enough to make space for it in my wardrobe? Do I love it enough that I would mend it if it broke? Do you know, do I, that kind of, so, you know, you can absolutely save up for or splash out on whatever your thing might be, that particular Mm. pair of shoes. But if you've already got 30 pairs of shoes, do you you need going to make you feel any better? Do you know, and and are they, are they actually going to get worn? And so it's, it's I totally hear what you're saying. And there's such a lady who's got a lot of money. She has lots of launches. She like her last launch was like one and a half million or something Mm -hmm. like that. She doesn't come from very much herself. And, 
Um, but what she does is every launch, she'll go and buy herself a really lovely handbag. Mm. I'm talking top designer. But what she'll do is the previous handbag that she um, won, she auctioned, she bought, she'd auction it. Yeah. And then give the money to charity. Oh, amazing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do things our own way, right? We can find yes. our own way. And my yeah. last question before we finish today, because I could, I feel, I feel like we could, this, this is such a big subject. We could talk so much about this. And I just, I do find it fascinating. Um, is, is there a website? And you might just say no. <laughs> so this is conversation, might, this piece might not go very far. But is there a way of working out what your own carbon footprint is based yes. on what you buy and what you do and how you do it? Not specifically, but um, so there's, there is a website, oh, there's a, an app you can get. I think it's called Tread, T-R-E-D, but I will check and I will let you know so you can put it in the show notes. And that links your bank account to, it links to your bank account and then will give you the carbon, um, you know, of, of, of everything that you, and it sort of groups it into um, wow. food and things like that. So you can absolutely do that. And then I think it will say, oh, buy five trees to offset your, um, so, you know, okay. there's kind of, and just be really wary, I say wary around offsetting. We, we absolutely need more trees. We need to be doing that kind of thing, but not in a kind of, oh, this allows me to carry on consuming at the rate <laughs> I am because I've bought a few trees over here. You know, right. we need to kind of be doing both, you know, ideally reducing time. consumption before that and then offsetting the very last bit that we can't do anything about. Um, so that's that's a little bit. If you're interested in kind of what your carbon footprint is in general and how it compares to kind of the average and things like that, there's a great website that I, I use a lot called Geeky, which is G-I-K-I. And you go on there and you can just put in sort of ballpark figures to start off with and it gives you a, a rough estimate. And then, you know, if you have got a spare half hour or whatever, you can go on and you can, you know, you can literally put in your gas, um, your gas, your latest gas bill usage or whatever. You can put in your water bill usage. You can say, you know, oh, I'm mainly veggie or, you know, we eat meat five days a week or whatever. And it allows you, it's the most, it's the one with the most sensitivity that I've seen because um, I found in the past using ones like, um, World Wildlife Fund have one um but actually you know me saying oh we're going to walk to school once a week doesn't make any difference to that whereas on the geeky one it does allow you a little bit more um sort of flexibility I like that and when you do something positive that reduces your footprint you get a little confetti fall on the on the screen and stuff like that it's and then it will there's loads of suggestions on there and it will email you with little prompts and stuff like that so um you know it's a really great tool to get you started I think that sounds awesome. And and have you got a community then? Is someone starting out with this stuff? I think it's really good to encourage and see what other people Definitely. are up to. Definitely, because it feels really lonely, you know, like so, mm, so you in your um, sort of, uh, you know, online space that you're in, like I said, it's actually quite brave to put your hands up and go, oh, feeling really uncomfortable about this. And you feel like you're the only, whereas actually probably quite a lot of them are feeling like that, but the, they're not don't, given not the space to talk about it. Yeah. And mm. um, uh, so, you know, and especially if you're the only one in your, friendship group or your family or whatever and um, so we've got a, there's a big Facebook group called Sustainable-ish with Jen Gale and then we've got a specific kiddie one called Sustainable-ish with kids so if you search for those on Facebook um, and then I'm kind of on social media and things and then for anyone who does want that extra layer of a kind of more hand-holding and support then I've got a membership called the Knackered Mums Eco Club. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> <laughs> Knackered Mums definitely. Yes. Um, well, I've really enjoyed our time today, as always, Jen. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope to have you back again soon. You never know. Oh, I feel like trick. I've been a bit ranty and a bit, um, which you know, the whole, the whole, my whole ethos is the sort of sustainable-ish. So, um, you know, please remember that, guys, and just you know, pick one thing, 
you know do what you yeah. can with it and then move on to the next thing and the next thing and um but it's okay know. to be passionate about what you do Jen I think if you didn't it wouldn't come across as genuine or authentic mm. um you know because you know, you're not doing it from a judgment perspective I think you're just doing it from a passion perspective mm. and there's, there's nothing wrong with that um I, I I have a similar tightrope in the sense of you know getting people to think about their money and their finances and start investing when they've got a lot of issues around you know where do I start I feel mm. I don't feel comfortable it's scary yeah. it can, you know it can bring up a lot for people mm-hmm. regardless of the sort of the subject title um but this is why we have to have these conversations right yeah definitely yeah 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 brilliant oh, thank you so much for having me welcome and I will uh, I'm sure I'll see you again soon <laughs> take care thank you for joining us on today's episode of accelerate your wealth For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. For any regulated advice, please do head over to www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk.